Welcome to episode three of Sick Biz Buzz, the sickest podcast for chronically ill and disabled entrepreneurs. I'm Hillary Jastrom, your host, and I'm happy to have you with me today. Today, we are welcoming Kevin Weilacher, a father, grandfather, wood carver, and warrior. Nine years ago, he took on the role of a lifetime, full-time, chronically ill fighter. Now, he runs the largest support group for transverse myelitis, his neurological disease, and mine. Welcome to the Sick Biz Buzz podcast, Kevin. Thank you so much for being with us today. Kevin, and I want to make sure I'm pronouncing your name right. I looked it up on Facebook. Uh, it's Weilacher. Is that right? You got it. You got it. Yep. So glad I did my homework. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's one of those ones that it takes a while to uh, to to learn if you're not familiar with it. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so as a as a person who has transverse myelitis, and let's maybe catch up our listeners for a minute so that they can understand what that disease is. Do you want to do you want to take the mic and let them know what it is you're dealing with and, and really what I'm dealing with also? OK, um, yeah, sure. Well, basically, transverse myelitis uh kind of the redheaded stepchild of multiple sclerosis, if you want to say. Um, TM, as we call it, is uh, inflammation on the nerve that runs along your spinal cord, and it can uh, basically hit anybody anytime. And um, essentially what it does is from wherever on your spinal cord nerve that it hits, it basically shuts off everything from that point down. So in, in my case, mine is very low. It's my tailbone area. Um, so I uh, initially, when I had my onset, I was completely paralyzed from the waist down and uh, have made some slight recovery as far as the paralysis goes. I've got some feeling back in some areas, but uh, I'm still dead in a lot of areas too. So um I've had it now for nine years, and uh, every day is still a struggle, but every day there's uh, always a little bit more that you can, it seems that you can do. Um, you always kind of learn new ways to do things and uh, adapt to the disability. Um, so, you know, it's just it's something that... Uh, it's kind of an unfortunate situation that people have to deal with this thing, but uh, there's really nothing that anybody can do about it. And uh, just kind of, I guess, learn to make the best of what you've got. So, um, you know, with Absolutely. TM and with uh, with the issues that I that I deal with, I don't know exactly what you deal with, Hillary, but. You know, I've got a lot of pain. I've got a lot of uh, dead areas on my body and, uh, you know, the sleep issue and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, you just kind of take the good with the bad and try to make the best of it, everything that you can. So, you know, I just I, I knock on wood that I'm still here and walking on this earth. So, you know, I, I got to give it that much. Well, and you're doing a little bit more than knocking on wood. What is a perfect segue, by the way. So awesome job. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, there you go. Because you're carving wood. So you, yeah. if, you know, and I think that any person who has been stricken 
by a chronic illness or disability really chops their life up into two segments to some degree, before sickness Mm -hmm. and after sickness or before disability and after disability. Um, So after disability, and since you were in the Air Force for 14 years and then you also had some time in the corporate world, um, your years after being stricken with transverse myelitis look vastly different than what you were doing before. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was actually in the Air Force for 20. I retired out of the Air Force, and then uh, there was a 12-year stretch from the time I retired till the time my transverse myelitis onset happened. So, you know, I had that 20 years in the Air Force uh, working there, and then uh, had that 12 years in the in the civilian world um, working a couple of different, uh, career areas and, um, had a lot of good times and, uh, was very successful at everything. And then there comes TM, here comes transverse myelitis. And as you said, it just kind of cuts everything in half. You know, you just cut you off at the knees and, uh, you go from, being a, a very productive, very active, very successful person to somebody that questions, what am I going to do with the rest of my life or why me and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it's, a, it's a tough mental thing to get over. That's for sure. You have, you seem to not only, I won't say get over it, but your outward attitude is so positive and mm-hmm. Uh, you have turned your pain into purpose uh, to a huge degree, uh, not only through your wood carving, which we'll get into in a minute, um, Mm -hmm. but you run the biggest transverse myelitis support group there is. Is that right, globally? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, It was a a fluke the way it started, and I guess I can say that I'm just fortunate that it's become what it has because I, I I get kudos every day from people thanking me for starting the group and doing what I do with it and providing information and that kind of thing. So, you know, like I said, it was just kind of a fluke that it happened and uh, it's, it's taken off to be uh, a pretty popular support group and I am very thankful for that. And it's, uh, so you have about 3,700 people or more at this point? Uh, yeah, just just shy, about two or three shy of 3,800 right now. Oh, my goodness. And so what? walk us back in time. What made you okay. decide that you were going to create this Facebook group? Okay. Well, when I first had my onset, um, the only thing that existed at the time online was the, uh, the TMIC, the Transverse Myelitis Internet Club. It was an email forum. Oh. Okay. So somebody would post a note. It would get sent out on everybody's email that was a member. And then people would answer back through emails and it would go back to everybody that, you know, that was a member of that group. Um, 
And it was successful. There was quite a few people that belonged to it, but it was such a long, drawn-out process because you had to wait for people to email back and everything else. Um, so there was that, and then there was a Yahoo group also that was, uh, yeah, it was very, very small and wasn't very productive at all. Mm -hmm. Um, so anyhow, I was a member of both of those and I, at the time had become a very new member of Facebook. Um, I was looking for just different ways to connect with people and to talk to people and that kind of thing. And so I got on Facebook and kind of learned a little bit about it. And I started meeting some some of the people that I knew from the TMIC group. Uh, I found out that they were also on Facebook. So I started adding them to my friends list. But what I wanted to do is I wanted to keep the TM friends separate from my other friends. So that if I wanted to send a message to someone that had TM or whatever, I could go directly to that TM section and, you know, I'd be able to message them. So what I did was uh, I was sitting there one day looking at uh, Facebook and there's a little thing there that says create a group. And it's like, okay, that sounds perfect. That sounds like what I want to do. I'll add all my TM people in that and then keep my other friends separate. But when I did that and started adding people to it, I had no idea in the world that it was a group that people could actually message each other back and forth. And the first time somebody posted something to it, I was like, wow, this is cool. And yeah. from that point on, I started adding more people into the TM group, more people asking to join the group and everything else. And the next thing you know, you know, we're, we're messaging back and forth and not having to wait a day or, or whatever for somebody to email you back with an answer to your question. And that's basically, that's how it, how it, how it all started. It was just, that, a, just a crazy fluke. That's crazy that it started and now it's almost 3,800 people. So um, you must have learned a lot in running that group and about people's attitudes and their spirits and their Absolutely. will to survive. Yep. Has that has that affected you yourself and your own outlook? It, it has, definitely. Um, you've obviously got people that are very, very positive, and you've got people that are very, very negative about things. And, uh, well, I reflect back a lot to a lot of what I did in the Air Force. I was a recruiter for a good number of years, so I learned how to deal with people and how to talk to people and, you know, figure out their problems and that kind of thing. So, with the people that I had joining the group and you have all these positive people that are doing whatever they can to overcome their situation, these other people that just hate life and everything else. And I tried to do the best that I could to obviously continue encouraging the people that were positive, but to also use that to the people that were not so positive that had kind of a negative outlook on things you know people were always talking about you know what am I going to do now and all that and I kind of reflected back to myself because I was in that same boat mm -hmm. I desperately wanted to go back to work and unfortunately that wasn't going to be the case so I knew in my mind that I had to do something that was going to keep myself busy and that's what 
I kept telling these people is that you may be disabled to a degree, but there's something out there that you must enjoy doing or, or, you know, whatever, whether it's gardening or whether it's whatever the case is, use that to your advantage. Do the things that you can do. And even though you have this disability and you're suffering through all this pain and everything else, if you can get involved in something that you enjoy doing, it's going to help you not think about some of those other things as much. Absolutely. So um, as far as... It's a saving grace, isn't it? When you're active and you can pour your energy into it. It's a great pain distraction, too. I found that to be the case. Um, Yes. Yeah, that's wonderful. Um, Can you think of a story that was the most moving? I mean, I'm sure you know a ton of stories, but survivors that are triumphing or really battling their way back? You get to see it all. Is there one story that sticks out in your mind? Well... I guess probably one of the first people that I met when I started joining all the different groups. Um, he's in our group. He's in the in the TM folks group. Greg Sapp. Um, he doesn't post much. Greg is kind of a lurker, and he's busy with a lot of other things. But uh, Greg went through some very very tough times right after his onset. Uh, very, very dark times mentally. And uh, he got through that. And then he kind of took a turn in his life and decided to go on to school and was working on his psychology degree. And he currently has his master's degree in psychology. And uh, ultimately, he wants to work for the VA and help a lot of the troops coming back from overseas with their PTSD and other issues that they may have. Um, but he's, he's gone from a very, very, very dark place in his life to a very positive place because he's not only gotten his degree, but he's done a ton of volunteer work. Um, where he goes out and he does marathons on a, um, a hand cycle, you know, the, oh. the kind of kind of uh, recumbent bike that you pedal with your hands. Oh, sure. Um, so he's he's done a lot of races there, and uh, he's he's met a lot of people, obviously. And um, one of the things that he's done is he made he's made contacts with a lot of different major corporations uh, and solicited donations for the people that attend these races, these marathons. Um, So I think uh, that's probably the one that comes to mind uh, right off the bat is that he has gone from such a deep, dark place in his life after that happened to not only getting his degree, but also all the volunteer work and everything that he's done and all of the marathons that he's participated in and everything else. So, you know, he's, he's come a long way. He, he, uh, he's had TM just one month longer than I have. So, uh, 
you know, he's 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 accomplished quite a lot in in that uh, in that nine years, just over nine years. Well, and it seems like when you first get sick, you you kind of spiral into yeah. I don't know what to do. I don't know what my days are going to look like. I don't know what my purpose is going to be because all oh, yeah. of your control, you just kind of lose that, and you don't know what you're doing. But the people that have had it longer are the ones that seem to have said, you know, I'm done feeling lost. I'm done missing my old life. And for Mm -hmm. me, I had to say, well, I'm missing my old life in the way that I wanted to live it, but never did live it. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) so what are you really missing? If you lived your life one way, but you envisioned that you would actually lived it a different way. And um, I think it's really helpful for people who have, had their disease for some time to reach out to newly diagnosed people. Um, last statistics were 1,400 people in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Now, has that changed mm-hmm. at all? I think it's still about the same. Those are the last statistics that I've seen. So it's still still about the same. The only thing that I've noticed, though, is that I think that the doctors are getting it's becoming a little bit more known and Mm -hmm. i think the doctors are able to diagnose it a little bit better now so i think within the next couple years we're probably going to see more cases of it being uh diagnosed only because the doctors now know what they're looking for and can distinguish between it and MS and some of the other neurological diseases that there are. Um, But as it stands right now, everything's still, as far as the statistics go, everything's still pretty much the same. I haven't seen any, any drastic changes there. So, um, so let's switch gears a little bit. Let's talk about your wood carving. You, okay. So you, came upon this? Is it something that you thought about before you got sick? Is it something? Tell us how that came to be, because you have now at this point shipped out custom carved canes and cigar box guitars. And I have to confess, I had to look up what that is. And then I thought, oh, my gosh, these are so <laughs> cool. Um, they are cool. Yeah. Yeah. So you've well, you've shipped these out across the world. But how did you get started? I tell you, um, I've always been a person that's worked with my hands. Um, my time in the Air Force, I spent a good part of it, for the first 14 years, working in aircraft maintenance. So I've always been mechanical and, and learning how to work with metal and welding and all that kind of stuff. Ever since my TM onset, I wasn't able to do that kind of stuff because it's you know, a lot of it is you know, it's pretty hard labor and lifting heavy things and that kind of stuff. And I just wasn't able to do that. So that kind of cut that out of what I was going to be doing for the rest of my life, so to speak. And uh, it was driving me nuts because I was just going bonkers, not knowing what to do. And I was driving my wife nuts. Because <laughs> um, I was, you know, bugging her every day. I've got to find something to do. I've got to find something to do. I wanted to go back to work. I wanted to do this. I wanted to do that. 
we happened to be up at the drugstore one day. I had my walker with me, and I was shuffling around the drugstore, and she was looking at whatever she was looking for, and I ventured over to the magazines. And I was just looking at some magazines. I wanted to pick up a couple magazines to look at. Well, I happened to cross a magazine that was it was called Woodworking. And on the front cover of it was a carving of a wood spirit. And I looked at that and I said, wow, that is so awesome. And I picked up the magazine and I was flipping through it and I was reading about these wood spirits. And so I got the magazine and I came home and I read the book, the magazine from cover to cover. And I was on the Internet researching wood spirits and what they are and what they mean and and how to carve and that kind of thing. Well, luck be have it that way back in my wife's family history, her family was from Ireland. And back in the 16, 1700s, they were very prolific shipbuilders. And her family back a couple centuries ago, she had shipbuilders that were in her family. Well, in the basement of her mom's house was a set of old wood carving tools, the the chisels and all that kind of stuff. And so I dug them out. They were all dirty. They were all rusty. They, you know, they were just in sad, sad shape. So I spent some time. I cleaned them all up. I sharpened them. And, uh, at that point there, I just started digging around in the backyard. We've got a bunch of trees in our backyard. I started digging around in the backyard, and uh, I found some wood that I thought, okay, this looks like it might be a good piece. And I took it down in the basement, my little workshop area, and I started digging away at it. And, you know, my, my first attempt at making one of these wood spirits was obviously atrocious, but I thought, <laughs> okay, so it's, you know, it's pretty cool, though. And I kept at it and kept at it and kept at it. And eventually I uh, I made myself, I made my first cane for myself and uh, had a couple of, I took a picture of it and, you know, posted it on the internet to some of my friends. And they're like, hey, that's pretty cool. Yeah, so I started making some other carvings too. The wood spirits is what they what they are, mm-hmm. and uh, I went and I made a few other carvings, and they started as I did more and more. I started getting better at it, and I was reading up about it on the internet and how to carve different things, and and uh, watching videos on YouTube how to do it and everything. And so I just took a lot of that and basically just got to a point where I taught myself how to do it and uh, just continued making them. And as I said, you know, I just continued getting better and better and better at it. The more I practiced, the better I got and um, started remarkable. making making a few canes. And, uh, you know, as I posted pictures, I'd have people contacting me. Hey, how much would you want to, to make one for me? I had never even considered making them for anybody it was a hobby to me it was something to keep me busy and when i got that first email from somebody that says hey you know would you make me one of those things and it's like wow okay <laughs> and uh so i you know, I, I made one and then that just kind of snowballed from there you know i i uh 
another group that I'm on uh, on Facebook. Um, I, I posted a couple of the guy is a professional artist and a photographer from Finland. And he got to looking at it, and he he fell in love with the things, and he wanted me to make one for him. Oh, wow. And so I was like, absolutely, I would love to. He's not disabled or anything. He just he just likes the canes. He likes the 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 uh, wood spirit faces that I carve. And you know I, I went. In, I made one for him, and it cost a fortune to ship it over there. But he said he didn't care. You know, it, uh, he didn't care what it cost to ship it. So I sent it over there to Finland, and uh, it's like, man, that 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 just kind of solidified the whole thing. When I had somebody that wasn't disabled, yeah. and somebody that lived in another country, and somebody that was a professional artist and a photographer, and it's yeah. like, wow, that that kind of meant something to me, you know, it really, really hit the heart, you know? And so ever since then, it's just been one of those things. I've just kind of just, just kind of kept at it. You know, I, I don't make a, a stockpile of them. I, every one that I make, I make specifically for the person, but uh, I've uh, recently have been in touch with the guy that I'm going to do some collaboration with. He makes, canes himself but he does a different style he uses gems and he uses feathers and a lot of leather work and all that kind of stuff so we're going to oh. go ahead and start making some canes together and probably work on hitting up some of the uh arts and craft shows that are in the area well and, i hope uh, when i hope when you're you're updated and you've you've got some prototypes that you'll share with us because we do oh, yeah. have some pictures of what you have made on the sickbiz.com website. And um, it's really impressive. It's not like, uh, you know, you just sat down and said, ah, yeah, I'll try this and it's okay. You really have worked at it and you've really done yeah. an impressive yeah. job with it. So um, I just think that's amazing. And it also it's, it found you, you know, and yeah. Yeah. we talk about letting things find us. And part of that is, because you're open, you know, since you've gotten sick, um, mm. you didn't just really hold on to that control and say, no, I'm only going to do this. I'm not going to do that. You were really open to what can I do now? And I think that's the gift in this disease and in a chronic illness, any type of illness, really, there's a silver lining and I hate to be cliche, but there is, there yeah. is a gift that people get. It's the gift to stop. You're given the permission to say you get to do something different. You're being pulled out of the rat race and, right. you, you know, you kind of get to indulge. And I know some people listening might think, well, that's the dumbest thing I ever heard. <laughs> I'm sick and I hurt and I, you know, but the mindset and being open to this experience is transformative. And, mm -hmm. Absolutely. and that's. And that's what it's done for you. Um, and you're also now a grandfather. Um, oh, yeah. And, and you have you have lots of people in your group who are either parents or grandparents. And they are trying to parent or be a grandparent to children while they have a chronic illness. Now, you and your wife take care of your granddaughter. So you're in it every day. You're in the trenches every day. Right. What advice? Yep. 
do you have for these parents and grandparents who have a chronic illness to take care of children? Oh, boy. Um, I guess the best thing I could say is to just uh, to, to live life with that child the best you can and to do as much as you possibly can, however restricted your, your disability has you do whatever you can with them because that child brings so much life to you, to, to me. My granddaughter brings so much life to me that it's just it blows me away because she's just obviously being four years old, she's as active as can be. But, uh, and she understands that I've got issues getting around and all that. And she knows, you know, she wants to do something and I'm not able to do it. But, I try to make as much time as I possibly can to go outside and, and take her and play with her or I'm able to take her on little wagon rides up and down the road and that kind of thing. And those are things that she loves doing and they're things that I treasure because yeah. I just, I love having the ability to spend time with her. She's teaching me things. I'm teaching her things. Um, it's, it's just a wonderful thing. You know, that's the best thing I could say is just spend as much time and learn as much as you can from that child and provide them with uh, the best foundation that you can. And, uh, you know, let them know that, yes, you do have some disabilities and help teach them what they're about. And they'll be more understanding, I think, as they grow older um, with with people that do have some type of disability or whatever. So yeah, I, I think that's that's probably the best thing I could say. They're more compassionate, most definitely. Oh, yeah. My my kids have been uh, much more uh, willing to reach out and help somebody where mm -hmm. that they don't even know or a fellow student or something. Uh, their hearts just seem to be bigger because they – understand it's just a person and they seem to kind of chase that fear away too a lot of people have fear uh it seems to be fear anyways from what i've observed of people in wheelchairs or who yeah. have a physical disability they're afraid of them or they're afraid yeah, to talk to them um, that's the fear of the unknown they they, yeah. they don't understand they don't they don't and so when you start young like that and it just becomes a part of their life and it's accepted, um, then I think it's really phenomenal. And she, you have this time with her, you know, you may mm -hmm. not have had as much time if you hadn't gotten sick. And I'm sure you've had that, um, epiphany yourself. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's been being able to be with her as much as I am is it just means the world to me. It really does. Because I get to see, I've I've gotten to see her grow up from a just a little tiny baby, and uh, just to see her personality come out, and just <laughs> the, the way she thinks and the things that she does, and uh, you know all of that stuff. I think is having that time available to be there with her has meant the world to me. That's wonderful. It really has. Well, Kevin, I want to thank you so much for being on Sick Biz Buzz today. Um, how can people get in touch with you? Well, um, 
I'm I'm on Facebook. Uh, you can look me up on Facebook. My my. Uh, What's the handle uh, of your uh, transverse my, myelitis? My, um, well, the the Facebook group is that's a closed group, so we're we're pretty restricted as far as who we bring on there. But people can contact me through my personal Facebook group, and I can talk to them that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have a blog. As far as uh, my, I do have a blog. Yeah. Um, it is. Uh, oh, geez. Hang on <laughs> a second. Let me find the. And while he's finding it, I will say he is an entertaining guy. Um, writing is another thing that uh, you seem to enjoy and spend some time in. Um, and it's just, we think of Kevin as uh, a parent in the group. I'm speaking for the entire group now, all <laughs> 3,800 people. But that's how we think of you, as uh, as one of our own Um and so you definitely can read his blog. And I'm trying to remember what it is, too, is darn TM takes your memory away, too, sometimes. <laughs> oh, here we go. Okay. the uh, Yeah, my blog, um, the URL for my blog is dealingwithtm, one word, dot blogspot.com. Great. That's awesome. Um so if you are dealing with TM and uh, sometimes when people get newly diagnosed, they're not quite sure where to turn. Kevin is a huge, huge resource. He has helped thousands of people. And um, I think you're going to continue on in that purpose. And I know that uh, as a person with this rare neurological disorder, uh, so rare, it has no funding for it for research. Right. Um, right. That. We're eternally grateful to you, and I'm so glad you were on today. Thank you so much. I I thank you, Hillary, and thank you for being a part of the group too. You've you've been a an absolute breath of fresh air in the group with all the things that you write about and talk about, and the things that you're doing, such as this here. Uh, I think it's wonderful that you've come up with this idea to to put this together. And uh, I think it's going to do a lot of folks some some good. You know, it's going to help a lot of folks think about, you know, maybe looking beyond where they are right now and and, uh, trying to find another avenue to make a living or to, you know, maybe even just to to get into a new hobby or something like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, but I, I do appreciate it. I absolutely do. Thank you so much. Yes, it's been an absolute pleasure. We'll have you back on again, especially when uh, you can talk about your new venture, your Kane collaboration. Um, yep. Thank you again. And uh, for all of our episodes, we're available at uh, Sick Biz Buzz. You can find us. Uh, we'll be in syndication shortly. So we're real excited to help people, entrepreneurs cool. uh, and people who are chronically ill and uh, or suffering from disability. So. Thanks again, and we'll talk to you soon. Okay. All right, Hillary. Take care. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
A very insightful conversation with Kevin Weilecker today with Transverse Myelitis Blue Crew. A lot of what we talk about here is turning our pain into purpose. It's not necessarily about finding a reason for the reason that we have a disease or a disability, but it is about taking what we have and making the most of it and finding that ability to empower ourselves and others as well. Let's not forget the rest of the entrepreneurs, and your family and friends around you. This is what we talk about at sickbiz.com, and you can certainly contact us through our website. You can also contact us through our email, sickbizco at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening today. We are so excited to bring this podcast to you every week. We'll see you on the next episode, and make sure that you subscribe. If uh, you have a heart too, and pass this on to other people that you think would benefit as well. I'm Hillary Jastrom. Be well.